Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. For episode 34 today, we are going to be in Exodus 19 and 20, Mount Sinai and 10 words. We're going to dive right in, 19 verse 1. On the third new moon after the people of Israel had gone out of Egypt, on that very day, so the third new moon, this gives us a time frame, three months, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and they came into the wilderness of Sinai. That's where they were when they drank the water from the rock. They encamped in the wilderness and there Israel encamped before them on the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. I love the phrasing of this, how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Just very poetic. Verse 5, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's going to be echoed for us in 1 Peter 2.9, which says you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Do not miss the similarities. These are the people, remember the firstborn, who were brought out of Egypt, preserved by God, protected by God, to, to be set free from slavery and be brought into a new, a new place, new life, new promised land. And he's going to make them a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And then Peter is speaking to the dispersed Jews who have put faith in God and put faith in Christ. And he says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Is there some application there for probably all believers? Yes, uh, probably so. But both of these passages are talking about the Israelites. So I try to keep that in my frame of reference as I'm considering this text. I, the thing that's beautiful is that in Exodus here, in Exodus 19, these are the people who have been brought from slavery in Egypt. And in 1 Peter 2, 9, these are the people who have been brought or set free from slavery to the law and are now righteous in Christ. Both chosen people, both a holy nation, both royal priesthood. And so kingdoms of priests. Anyway, verse 7 of chapter 19 goes on to say, so Moses came and he called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And the Lord and the people answered together and said, and boy, again, I wish that this was true. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. Now we know that this is not going to be the case. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that my people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe forever. When Moses told the words of the people of the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, sanctify them and wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And then there's several instructions he gives. Look at verse 12. You shall set limits for the people all around saying, take care not to go up to the mountain. Do not even touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the edge of the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot through with an arrow, whether beast or man, he will not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come near my mountain. So he tells them, tell these people not to come near to the edge of my mountain, not to even touch it. Don't even touch the edge of the mountain, because if they touch it, they will die. And one of the things that I want us to consider, we'll, we'll do it in just a moment, but we're going to go look at how this parallels to who we are in Christ or how it contrasts who we are in Christ, because this is mentioned for us in Hebrews 12. So we'll look at that here in just a moment. I promise I won't forget. 
Verse 14 says, so Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people. Again, this is sanctified the people, set them apart as holy and washed their garments. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. So all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. They took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. And the smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, go down, warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. So the priests are of the tribe of Aaron or of the family of Aaron. And as of yet, we don't actually have people consecrated as priests, but these are still going to be the people of Aaron, the descendants of Aaron. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai for you yourself warned us saying, set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, go down and come up again, bringing Aaron with you, but do not let the priest and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against him. So Moses went down to the people and he told them these things. Then we're going to get into chapter 20, the 10 commandments. Uh, it's interesting because most of the places where it's called the 10 commandments, it's uh, editorial. It's the subject heading. It's the chapter heading. It's not the actual text. When the actual text mentions the Ten Commandments, it usually calls them the Ten Words or the Ten Messages. And I find that interesting, which is the title of our topic today, the Ten Words, Mount Sinai and the Ten Words. And so we read it. We've always been taught it's the Ten Commandments, but it's it's probably better translated the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words. So chapter 20, verse 1, God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land, out of the house of slavery. Commandment or word number one, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not, this is number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. This phrase is going to come up again later. We'll see it, that God doesn't want the people to make anything that is in the likeness of anything on the earth above or the heavens above or the earth beneath. Don't make anything in the likeness of the creation that you've seen because God is spirit and he doesn't want us to worship these idols. So you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers, um, the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. We'll hear this again in just a moment. Command number three, or again, word number three, see old habits, right? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord your God will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I think probably every culture has a different interpretation of what this means. And so some people, I remember when I was growing up, it was, you can't use the name of the God as, a pro, as, as profanity, something like that. The idea behind it's a little bit more broad than that. It's don't, don't use the name of God carelessly or meaninglessly is kind of it, vain is worthless. Vain is empty. So don't, don't use the name of God without intent is kind of what's being expressed there. Word number four, verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. On the seventh day is a day of Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, your sojourners who is within your gate. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. 
we will come back to the Sabbath multiple times, once again here in the book of Exodus and eventually in Matthew and then again in the book of Hebrews. The Sabbath will be a significant topic of conversation for us. Uh, so we're not done remotely with the Sabbath here. Word number five, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Paul will mention this in Ephesians chapter six. And so, hold on here, I can't write and talk at the same time. That was not pretty. Ephesians 6. Um, word number 6 is you shall not murder. Word number 7, you shall not commit adultery. Word number 15, you shall not steal. By the way, this you shall not murder, it kind of has in it the implication of you shall not do anything that causes death is kind of the idea behind that. Verse 16, I was always taught that commandment number 9 was thou shall not lie. That's not the commandment here. The commandment here is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So it, that's probably just way too long to put on a poster in an elementary school or an elementary kid's Sunday school class. But it's not you shall not lie. It's you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So this is kind of more back to Moses appointing the judges to handle disputes. And he says that, you know, when two people of the Israelite community have a dispute against one another, you shouldn't bear false witness against your neighbor. You shouldn't make false charges against your neighbor. We'll see later in Deuteronomy that one of the ways they handle this is anytime you're going to bring a charge against a neighbor, it has to be corroborated by, uh, is that the right word? We'll pretend it is, uh, by two or three witnesses. And so this is not you shall not lie. This is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Think back to Exodus chapter 1 when Pharaoh asked the midwives to put to death all the Hebrew children, the Hebrew males, and they lied to Pharaoh and say, look, they're having babies before we even get to them. And so no one's mad at the Hebrew midwives for doing that. They're not breaking this commandment. Anyway, uh, number 17 is, or chap verse 17 is word number 10. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his male servant, his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor. So these 10 words that we call the commandments are given. Verse 18, now when all the people saw the thunder, the flashes of lightning, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood far away and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. So they're getting this picture of God and they're like, man, we don't want to talk to him. You talk to us on his behalf. And this is going to bring us, let me come down here. This is going to bring us to Hebrews chapter 12. And I can't wait to get into Hebrews. It's going to be a really great few days together. But like I've said before, we're a long way away from that. So Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 18, contrasting Mount Sinai, where the Ten Commandments and the law were given, to what we have in Christ. So law and grace, this is another picture of law and grace. And the people were fearful to come near the mountain of God because they'd been told if you come near the mountain of God, you'll die. But you and I get to come near to God and we are not threatened with death. And so let's read this from Hebrews 12, 18 through 24 and put it back over this story from which it originates. Hebrews 12 says, you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and tempest. So he's comparing that to this first mountain, the mountain Sinai, right? This is Sinai. And that's a really weird mountain that looks uh, more like an A than anything. So you have not come to a mountain that may be touched, physically touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and tempest, the sound of the trumpet, all those things we just read, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. We just read that. They don't want God to speak to them. They want Moses to speak to them. 
They could not even endure the commandment that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death or shot through with an arrow. We read that earlier. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. The people were trembling with fear at the the shaking of this mountain. So we Christians, we people who have put faith in God, we haven't come to a mountain like this that if you touch it, you're going to be put to death. We haven't come to a mountain like this that's covered in smoke and fire and trembling, filled with fear and worry and anxiety that if we draw too near, we might die. Hebrews 12.22 says, But you have come to Mount Zion. Remember, the first mountain is Mount Sinai. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable angels and festal gatherings, to the assembly of the firstborn. We talked about that a few days ago. Who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And we talked about that on like episode four. So Hebrews 12 here is encouraging the believer that you haven't come to a mountain that promises death if you draw too near to it. You haven't come to a mountain that requires that Moses be the mediator because if you come into the presence of God or hear the voice of God, it'll be too much to you. You have come instead to Mount Zion into the very presence of God. And so this is a picture of the difference between law and grace. Where the law was given, where on Mount Sinai, where the law was given, it came with a sentence of death. Where the law was given, it came with a sentence of death. But where grace is given, it comes with the promise of life, the church of the firstborn, those who have been raised from the dead. And so I just, I love that contrast. I love that comparison. And every time that you are reading Exodus 19 and 20, I want you to think of Hebrews 12. Because these people, as we saw here in chapter 20, 18 and 19, they were afraid of the thunder, the lightning, the trumpet, the smoke. They stood far off. They said, Moses, you speak to us instead of letting God speak to us. And yet, guys, you and I have something better than that. So don't let somebody tell you, hey, look, the people who drew near to God, they were put to death. Look at Exodus 19. Look at Exodus 20. That is not you and me. That's the Israelites who have come out of Egypt. You and I have been invited to Mount Zion. We have come into the presence of the living God because of our mediator, Jesus Christ. And so let that be an encouragement to you today. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the blog. But otherwise, I will see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for journeying with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.